This podcast is created for farmers and powered by Pioneer Agronomy to bring you agronomic insights and proven solutions to fuel forward-thinking farming. Hey there, and welcome to the 17th episode of the Pioneer Northeast Agronomy Podcast. This is the week of September 21st. I am Chris Skuse. With me, as always, is Emily Oligar. We are your hosts. Our topic today is the Purdue and Pioneer Plenish program. You may have heard episode 13, The Potential with Plenish Higher Leg Soybeans. We have had so much interest in that episode, our listenerships wanted to hear more. So we decided to elaborate more with the Purdue and Pioneer program for the coming season. Emily, who are our guests? Thanks, Chris. Today, our guests are April Cheeseman, who is the grain merchandiser at Purdue Agribusiness, and Tyler Gruneveld, who is the commercial leader for grains and oils in North America for Corteva AgriScience. So first up, we'll start with April Cheeseman. As we said, April works with Purdue Agribusiness as a grain merchandiser. April, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Good morning. I I work with Purdue Agribusiness as a grain mar- merchandiser, and I do farmer origination. Um, I've been doing it for probably 20 plus years, and I am now probably the last five or six years been working on the Plenish program. That's great. Thank you, April. Um, next up, we have Tyler joining us. Um, as we mentioned, Tyler is the commercial leader for grains and oils in North America with Corteva AgriScience. Thank you for joining us, Tyler. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself as well? Uh, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Emily. So yeah, T- Tyler Grenneville, so I'm the commercial leader for Grains and Oils, and I uh, basically am responsible at Pioneer and Corteva. We're, you know, we're really good in our expertise in what it takes to grow a crop in seed, crop protection, uh, digital chemistry, but my team focuses on what that crop can produce. So we're calling on food service companies, food manufacturers uh, across North America, and basically helping create demand for these specialty healthy oils that uh, come from uh, products like Plenish soybeans. Thanks, Tyler. That's really interesting. Another side of ag that we get to see this morning. Great. Excited to talk to both of you. Before we do get started on our main topic, we have the odd and unexplained. And this week, we're going to do it a little different, and I'm going to take that. Um, This year, uh, we saw when we planted our cornfield, this grower called and said to us that his corn plants were uneven in the same row, you know, down and up and down and up as far as height, and he couldn't figure it out. So we went out there to that field and looked at it, and when we we looked at each one, and it was weird, you know, you'd see four or five that were short, and then one or two that were taller, and then four or five that were shorter, and looked at it, and then finally the agronomist put the drone up in the air, and the light bulb went off when we got those pictures back. If you looked on a diagonal, there was a straight rows of tall plants and then straight rows of short plants on the diagonal. So after going back and talking to that grower, we realized that he had ripped it on an angle uh, that spring, and when he had done that, those corn plants that were in the, in the ripper teeth, where the ripper teeth went through, were actually uh, growing much bigger and faster and had a bigger root system, but in between the ripper teeth, they were much shorter. So it was really interesting to see and something different that um, we don't typically see. All right, so now we'll move on to our main topic, which is the 
Purdue and Plenish or Purdue and Pioneer Plenish program. April, we'll start with you. How many acres of Plenish soybeans were grown last year for the uh, Purdue Plenish program? Um, approximately 90,000 acres. Gotcha. That was a good chunk, but how many are we looking for for this coming season? Uh, for this coming season, we want to increase um, 175,000 to 200,000 acres. Wow, that's a heck of an increase. We've been growing plenish for seven years now in the Northeast. And Tyler, with this particular year with COVID and restaurants shutting down and, and things like that, we're still seeing a, a doubling of the, of the uh, demand here in the Northeast. Why do you think we're seeing that now? Yeah, Chris, so I mean, it's, uh, you know, Plenish was launched basically when the food industry needed to get rid of trans fats out of the uh, American diet. So um, food companies, food service companies like restaurants had to find quick solutions. Uh, Plenish at that point in time was launched and one, was one of those solutions that was avail available to the food industry, uh, but people were looking to get out quick. So some adopted healthy soybean oil, Plenish, some moved to canola oil, some moved to sun and safflower oil or palm oil, you know, imported palm oil. Um, so we saw some modest growth at that point in time, uh, but palm oil was coming into uh, North America as a real affordable alternative to the food industry and, and they picked up a lot of acres at the expense of soybean. Um, so we saw modest growth back then, but the growth today really is driven by the next generation of, of uh, improvements that food companies are looking for. So they're looking for uh, healthy oils that give them the, the stability, the freshness, uh, without impacting the taste. They want to reduce saturated fats in many consumer packaged goods. And when you're doing that today, uh, and you're, you know, we're trying to come up with uh, uh, more sustainable oils like Plenish, uh, we're really able to uh, fit the food industry's need uh, by giving them a real functional oil that's produced um, locally uh, in the United States uh, and fits really nice into many food service and, and uh, food packaging uh, needs that these companies have for healthy ingredients. That's great. So are, are you thinking that most of this increased demand that we're seeing this year especially is coming from the uh we're taking that market share back from palm oil absolutely uh there's the reduction uh, or the the need to move away from palm oil is uh something that companies like pepsico are looking at uh, we also are seeing the you know the supply and availability of some of these other niche oils like sunflower and safflower oils are, is really becoming difficult uh, and we've, we're able to, through the Pioneer Plenish program, really able to scale up our production to meet the food industry's needs and, that they're not able to do with these competitive oils. And we're able to do it at a, a real reasonable um, price as an ingredient, if you will, in many uh, common consumer packaged goods that you and I'd be purchasing at a supermarket. Yeah, I heard you say something there that, that really hit home with me is that you know, the Plenish is grown here in North America, you know, in, particularly in the United States. And of course, we all know that the, the palm is not grown here. Um, so to be able to get that demand back from that oil back to our farmers and increase demand here um, for their soybeans, I think is a great thing for us. Tyler, do you see the program continuing to grow in the future? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, the outlook for palm oil um, specifically, you know, is that supply will be uh, tight, uh, you know, so therefore uh, food companies right now are looking. I mean, you asked me about COVID earlier and I should have said, you know, the trend has been with people eating from home uh, much more frequently now than we have been. We're not going out nearly as much and there's been a lot of casualties uh, in restaurants and what we call the quick service industry. But what we're able to do with people eating from home um, is there's a real increase. We all like to snack. So um, snacks, the snack food category is one of the primary areas of growth right now. Um, we expect that to continue because I don't think there's going to be um, the recovery in the restaurant industry, uh, you know, to the need that uh, or, or to the speed that we'd like to see. So therefore, uh, absolutely, you know, we're going to see continued growth. And we've got some large companies that are looking to move into this oil because of the availability and, and farmers' willingness and the competitiveness of plenished soybeans relative to the other planting alternatives they might have. Oh, that's great. And I it didn't even think about the snack food companies and how much oil they consume and how many people are probably sitting at home during COVID and uh, consuming all those snacks. I know I am, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not only snacks though, Chris, but I mean, vegetable oil, edible oils are in just about everything you eat, whether that's infant powder, snack foods, uh, whether you're looking at um, uh, cookies or you know, or if everything that's almost produced has some element of vegetable oil in it. And, and that's punish soybean oil is a tremendous opportunity for a real shelf stable product that they're looking for. That's exciting. So, Tyler, just kind of going off of that and talking about what um, our oil is in, what companies do you know of that are using our oil? It's really interesting to kind of, you know, learn that and see that side um, of where it's ending up. Another great question. So, I mean, Corteva is the global um, leader. We're, you're the single largest uh, plant breeding organization that's breeding these healthy oils. So we're doing it in Plenish, in High Lake Soybean. We're doing it in canola. We call that Omega-9 canola oil. And we're doing that in High Lake Sunflower, which isn't real readily available. But when you look at that suite of oils, that portfolio, if you will, like companies like PepsiCo, Frito-Lay, Kellogg's, um, General Mills, Nestle, um, to name a few, I mean, are all using Corteva or the oils that are coming from uh, Pioneer Genetics. And that's on the food manufacturing side. When you look at the restaurant side, however, I mean, our oils last longer in the fryers. And although that particular food industry segment's uh, under challenges right now, we still are a, a primary oil in consideration in many quick service restaurants. Think about the Yum! brands like the KFCs and the Taco Bells, the Zaxby's, if you will. Those are the companies, and I'm are using the edible oils, these high stability, healthy oils that are coming from uh, the Corteva Pioneer family. That's awesome. It's cool to see how it goes from like beginning to where it's ending up, and how ag is like really such a big industry, and including the food industry as well. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, that that's great stuff. I mean, just to be to see, I, I think Plenish, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, on this, but Plenish is a great opportunity because soybean acres in on in North America are are high enough, much higher than probably the canola or sunflower acres, so that it could be if we can put Plenish into some of those acres, they already have the infrastructure there to be able to move around um, from field all the way um, to the companies 
with with soybeans so inserting plenish in that is kind of like a no-brainer and we can really scale that up fast yeah that that's scale that's a great point chris and that scale is why really some of our real critical industry partners like purdue um, are so important because that scale is what affords them the 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 velocity and the volume that they need uh, to really run an efficient operation and become a reliable supply chain to these large food companies. Good stuff. Thanks, Tyler. So, April, I want to bring you in on this one. You said we need 175 to 200,000 acres of plenish um, in the in your in the footprint that we have kind of in the mid-Atlantic slash Northeast there. What states are we looking for to uh, grow Plenish in for that program? Uh, well, well, we'll be looking for it in Delaware, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia this year. Same as last year. That's great. That's good footprint, but 175 to 200,000 acres. We're definitely going to need all the farmers help in, uh, in looking at this. So when our farmers look at this, the first thing I think they're going to ask us is, what do I get extra for growing these? So what kind of premium will growers receive for plenish soybeans? Uh, so on the premium this year, we're going to do um, 50 cents a bushel over the regular soybean price for harvest delivery. Um, if they keep it on their farm till we call for it, basically a buyer's call, it'll be 65 cents a bushel over the posted bean price. And then if they um, grow 100% plenish on their soybean acres that they normally do, um, they get an additional 10 cents a bushel. Wow, that's great. So you can get up to 75 cents a bushel if you grow. It doesn't have to be 100% of your acres, but 100% of your soybean acres, they get that extra 10 cents and they can get it up to 75 cents. That's pretty good. Yep. No, that, that's great. So. Um, how many elevators are going to be able to take Plenish this year? Uh, so we have 14 elevators, of which we added two this year um, in Maryland. And um, we will be able to dry at some of our locations, and others would, would have to be max 14%. Gotcha. So they can either contact you, which we'll give uh, your contact information at the end of this, or... Um, contact their local Pioneer rep and they'd be able to help them out with what their closest elevator location will be and uh, what moisture then whether it needs to be 14 or less or, or whether it'll be able to be a drying location. Yes, that that would be great. All right. No, that that really is great. So I know we've had um, We've had Plenish in the area for going on seven years now. And I know we started with 40 acres back seven years ago. And the first question that I think we all receive is exactly what April hit on, which is um, what is the premium? And the second question from that side, April, is how can I sell these beans? So can you sell these beans any way you would normally sell commodity beans or is it different? No, you can use all the same um, uh, programs that we use for commodity beans. Whatever they're doing now on those, they can do the same thing on Plenish. Great. So sell beans the way I normally do. Just add 50 to 75 cents, depending on uh, which, which bucket I fall in there. Correct. 
Awesome. So nothing different. And on the, on the growing side of the beans, just to hit on that a little bit, there's nothing different there. Um, they're glyphosate tolerant beans. You don't have to treat them any different than you would any other bean. They don't look any different um, than any other commodity bean that's out there. You can sell them the same way that you would normally sell beans. You just get an extra 50 to 75 cents on the back end. I think that is a, a no brainer. And just throwing out some numbers there, because I, I know people always think about this. If we're at um, 50 bushel beans, let's say, and we get 50 bushel beans, if we're at the 50 cents, which is, you know, if you're not 100%, that's the minimum that you're gonna get as a premium is the 50 cents there you're gonna make an extra $25 an acre. And if you make, if you fall in the bucket for the maximum, you're at $37.50 an acre. If you have a thousand acres of soybeans, that's an extra 25,000 to three or $37,500 for just growing a different bean um, that is proven to yield in the area. So we, even last year, we had a verified yield check of, of a two acre block uh, for a grower in Somerset County actually that was over a hundred bushels. So the yields there for it, you don't have to change your, your grower practices and you're gonna make more money at the end. I think uh, the Plenish program is great and hopefully we'll be able to convince uh, enough growers to get to that 175 to 200,000 acres. All right, thanks Tyler. And uh, April, we are going to move on now to the weekly watch out. And we're going to keep this on the on the same uh, topic of soybeans here. And one that we've seen quite a bit in the last couple of years is um, we've we've started harvesting corn when the corn plant is still green and the ear is ready. The ear is brown, dropping, and the moisture is low. And I think everybody's been okay with that. And as we've gotten higher and higher in yields with that, the corn plant stays alive longer. And that helps us get to test weight, bigger kernels and things like that. And we're starting to honestly get that same way in soybeans to where the pod is maturing faster than the stem and the plant is. And that's because we're keeping a healthier plant. It's not dying as fast. So I would ask everybody as we're starting to get into soybeans maturing and being able to harvest, make sure you're looking at that pod and make sure you're looking at the beans inside the pod. And if those beans have separated from that pot in there, they're gonna be ready to start, uh, start harvesting and make sure you check the moistures on those. But what, don't look at the actual plant there. The plant still might be green and typically the higher the yield we see in a field, uh, the more green that plant is gonna be. So if you're looking at some high yielding beans like a lot of guys are this year, you might actually end up having some plants that are still alive and some green stems out there. But make sure you're looking at the pod because that bean swells and retracts every time that it gets, um, gets water in there and then gets dry again. The more it does that, the more potential it has of breaking that pod open. And then you can start uh, being more susceptible to, to molds and things like that coming in. So make sure that, that you're looking at those when we start to get to uh, beans are starting to drop those leaves and get mature. All right, to wrap it up, thank you all for joining us today on the Pioneer Northeast Agronomy podcast. If you have any questions regarding the Plenish program, uh, you can contact April Cheeseman at April, A-P-R-I-L dot Cheeseman, C-H-E-E-S-M-A-N at Purdue, P-E-R-D-U-E 
www.purdueagribusiness.com or check out their website at purdueagribusiness.com. You can also check out Corteva's website at www.healthyoils.corteva.com or contact your local Pioneer sales representative. Be sure to tune in next week for a new topic with our guests, Kevin Putnam, Pioneer Dairy Specialist, and Jonathan Rotz, Pioneer Sales Agronomist. To listen to the full library of Pioneer Northeast Agronomy podcasts, including our previously recorded episode about Plenish Hyolaic Soybeans, episode 13, search Pioneer Agronomy Northeast on your podcast app. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Pioneer Agronomy team. Be sure to visit pioneer.com backslash podcasts to access additional episodes and learn more about our extensive on-farm data and innovative digital tools that are fueling forward-thinking farming.